saying I because I had thought about it that like you meet the wrong person and they see you as this mm-hmm. piece of paper that they can do what they want with. Oh, I love. They that. want to warp you into what whatever role mm. they want you to take in their life. Yeah, know? that's that's how I kind of. and welcome to another episode of Just In Case You Feel The Same. In this specific episode, I wanted to do something different with my favorite poets, and I'm going to introduce them right now. I'm here with... Caitlin. Gabriel. Miriam. And I wanted to have them read some of the pieces they wrote this year that are pretty personal to them and give some backstory and sort of explain the headspace they were in when writing it and the themes that are written in the piece. And starting with Gabe, if you wanted to read... All right, Um, so this is my piece, Gatorade. I was in ninth grade the first time I snuck out. 10 p.m., November. Headlights slice through me. My shadow seeps into the sidewalk. Bundled, two hoodies, two pairs of socks. I walk to Food Line just before closing. It stands, a monolith, rinsing the pavement with buzzing, corporate-controlled lighting. I fill my arms with all the Gatorade I could afford, my triplet babes, lemon-lime, strawberry watermelon, and my favorite, Glacier Cherry. Late night breeze grafts at my cheeks as I raise strawberry watermelon to my lips, and the other two wait in the plastic bag that hangs by my knees. While I tip my head back for a sip, the bag stretches, breaks, dumping the two bottles onto the sidewalk, and I wither with a sob when I see the only one that spilled was Glacier Cherry. Yes, do we snap? Haiku. (laughs) (laughs) I know we all love this piece, but what sticks out specifically to me is like the idea of just like the buildup of bad things happening. You're just constantly, bad things are constantly happening to you and maybe not specifically everybody else in your life. Mm-hmm. Just, just you over and over again. I I really like this piece. I've read a lot of Gabe's poetry because we're in uh, the same group that like critiques each other's poetry. Um, and this was one of my favorites that I read uh, just this past week. And I thought it was so cool how you took something so simple as a Gatorade bottle and made it something so deep i mean i feel like that's kind of cliche when like Mm -hmm. we refer to people's poetry as like you take something simple and make it deep but at the same time i really thought that this was just executed so well yeah and you had a backstory with this yeah so like i said this was the first time i snuck out in ninth grade and it was literally like the worst day of my life um i i'm if i remember correctly it was very shortly after i broke up with my boyfriend at the time And that day I had just been crying all day and I was like, you know what, I'm going to sneak out and do something. But the only thing that I knew how to do or place that I knew how to get to was the food (laughs) line down the street. And I had like a little leftover allowance in my wallet. So I went and I bought some Gatorade because I love Gatorade, I guess. (laughs) And um, I was crying the whole time there. It was late at night. I was this little tiny little 14 year old walking on the side of the road at 10 p.m. <laughs> on Minneville Road. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. So, it was not great. I was you know, I had my hood up like I didn't want anyone to see me but I also didn't want to look like I was a criminal. So and then you know I finally I got my Gatorade and like I was like okay I'm gonna save the Glacier Cherry for last because that's my favorite flavor. Mm-hmm. And then the bag breaks and both the bottles fall on the ground, but the only one that burst open and spilled completely empty was the freaking Glacier Cherry. And it was just, it was my last moment. It was my last straw. Like, that was the end. 
this is so sad to me because you were literally going to get Gatorade to improve your mood. Yes. And it just <laughs> just went downhill from there. I don't even know what I would have done. And you know, till the, to this day, Gatorade is still my comfort drink. I get like, I mm-hmm. love Gatorade. Anytime I have extra money, I'm going to go get a bottle of Gatorade. <laughs> but that moment, like it's so clear, that feeling in my mind, because it was just a disaster. I was on the side of the road crying because yeah. of my freaking Gatorade on the ground. Yeah. yeah. Wait, it was just you that went. Yeah, I was by myself. Oh, in my mind, I'd like pictured you like going with the group. Oh, no, I was by myself. And then you like, <laughs> I got you. I no, that's no, 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 he, he like, If you're going with a group and you're in a bad mood and then that happens and it just ruins your yeah. mood, like you don't know how to react. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have everybody else around you that's like playing it off, making it seem not as important. And you're yeah. just like, no, it's really important. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to actually ask you about some specific lines mm-hmm. that you kind of just mentioned, but the bundled two hoodies, two pairs of socks. Was that like just because it was cold or was there like a specific like metaphorical reason maybe, maybe for like safety, security, because it was your first time like sneaking out? Um, it was cold. (laughs) (laughs) I, you know, that's the beauty of poetry that you can interpret it whatever way you want. I didn't think about that. But no, I just had this habit of just wearing layers instead of actually wearing warm clothes. Gotcha. I would just wear two pairs of pants. (laughs) Oh, I love doing that. Yeah. I really do like the line that says, I fill my arms with all the Gatorade I could afford. Because I feel like you're just, again, I could be reading too deeply into this, but like you're giving everything up just for it to all like be wasted. And I feel like this is something we can all relate to mm-hmm. where we're just in like a bad mood and the littlest things could bother us. Like in the situation, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, you went to go do something and to cheer you up and that yeah. obviously didn't work out. Um, and like, obviously if you were in a group that would play out completely differently, but because you're alone, you know, all you can do is just like, you can react how you normally would, you know, mm-hmm. if you were in a group, you feel like you have to suppress that. Um, yeah. But, yeah. I also, I really liked the mind triplet babes. Yeah. I, I thought that that was like such a lighthearted aspect that you added to I, I would agree. the I, piece. I do really enjoy that line I too. Like, I don't know where that came from within it's me, awesome i loved it it's also so you you totally yes. just like say that yeah because totally. <laughs> the like, word babes is in my vocabulary yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a medieval mother that's what you think no, of when just, you hear babes no. yeah because like in the bible no i just think he like, has like he got babes like <laughs> they say babes in the bible really because like in olden times they called babies a babe Oh, Shakespeare says it. Unsettling they might not say it in the Bible. The actual, I don't know. Like, <laughs> the way we use babes now. Okay, I, I don't right. want anybody ever calling me babe ever again. <laughs> yeah, what? That's I feel like funny. that's what Gabe used to refer to like a subject. Like, yeah, that's a babe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm no, saying think, that now. <laughs> no, and I think that's great that you referred to the Gatorade as a babe. Like, I love it. It, it brings it brings another element to the piece that I just like. When I first read it, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, uh huh, yeah. <laughs> But I also feel like this piece is kind of like, like you feel like you're being tested in a way. Oh, yeah. Like you just like feel that somebody is like trying their best to push you to your breaking point. To Absolutely. Like, yeah, to break you down. And did you feel like after this, like you did let it break you down and like. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you guys are all laughing so hard. Yes, I did. Because the next week I was committed. <gasps> to the psych ward i'm i'm doing perfectly well now guys i am actually in the best shape oh my of my life emotionally um for anyone worried but that this this poem literally was like 
probably one of the worst times of my life was November 2018. So, <laughs> anyway. well, I'm glad that you can still drink Glacier Cherry Gatorade because it's I actually like not my favorite anymore. <gasps> oh my really? god! Wait, what is your Symbolism? favorite now? I'm kind of in between. <laughs> like, I don't know. I think I'm I'm in an exploratory, experimental phase with my Gatorade. Oh, oh. life. Okay. Is that a metaphor for your uh, life? I was about to say, <laughs> that I think that's a metaphor. Right? Maybe it's time for Gatorade Part 2. Oh, here we go. <laughs> and just when Glacier Cherry thought she won. Like, no. Lemon Sorry. Lime took over. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for sharing that piece, mm, Gabe. Of course. I love that we got to experience that. And Miriam, right. would you like to read? My piece is called Intrusive Thoughts. I fantasize of my face buried, muffled by the damp dirt, screams seeping down, absorbed by roots, infected leaves wilting, greenery grays, wheezes and crackles of smoker's cough. I fantasize of clots dripping onto a bathtub, staining acrylic with fading pink rings, chalking an outline of overlooked evidence, untampered. I fantasize of bracing my arms and legs when failing to brace for impact. Sharpie scribbles of hollow words signed by limbs disassociated from their minds. Maybe fantasize isn't the right word, but I do imagine situations, not a voice in my head, but rather a series of silent movies begging you to notice, react. Yeah. I'd like to take credit for this entire piece because I helped you with <laughs> one word. <laughs> By Miriam and Alana. Thank you very much. Um, but yes, I do love this piece because I feel like out of all of the pieces that you've written, I feel like I relate to this one the most, I feel like, because just like, just like you said, like yeah, wanting to concept. be noticed. Yeah. yeah. And like just going, willing to go to that point of somewhat insanity mm -hmm. just, to just to be noticed. Yeah. A little yeah. backstory, I guess. I mean, intrusive thoughts, I feel like most everyone gets them. Like you can't really suppress them. That just happens. Um, but I feel like it's mostly about, uh, I want to, I want to preface this by saying the last line begging you to notice. It's not about like a guy or whatever. It's like mostly family. Cause I feel like the people around you, um, usually your family that literally live with you that have seen you grown up when they don't notice certain things. I feel like that's hard. Um, especially when like actions speak louder than words. So if they don't see like a sudden, a sudden shift in your like behavior, um, it makes you wonder to what extent do you have to go to for them to like, I don't know, react, like actually do yeah. something about what's happening. Yeah. And I feel like it also makes you question like how much they care about you, even though, you know, they do love you, but like, you know, if you really knew me like that, or if you like really cared about me, like you'd see that I was hurting this way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This yeah. might be a little much, but I come from a household of very, um, like they don't necessarily believe in like mental illness and stuff like that. So it's definitely hard when, um, you like have these thoughts. It's hard to like even try to share it with them because they'll try to just like shut you down. Um, they won't think it's real. It's just being dramatic. It's like a generational thing or whatever. Yeah. So it's really hard to even like try to share that. So you think that replacing it with an experience, like being hurt, being physically hurt rather than emotionally will get them to like start caring a little more. Like, you know, they care, but like how much really? Oh, wow. It's almost like, it's like a form of acting out almost mm -hmm. just to get like yeah. attention, but obviously in a more serious manner. I do have to say, like, I've seen your work over the course of years, like, evo like the evolution, <laughs> yeah, the evo the, how your work has evolved pretty much. And this has, I mean, this is one of my first time, 
times reading it, and it's definitely one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you were going to bring this in, but the use of space mm-hmm. and structure. Yeah, so one of my biggest things is just playing around with the structure, doing like a bunch of weird line breaks, indentations. Um, and I love being able to like show that um, with like certain words, like crackles. I have like the entire word breaking apart. Seeping, I have it stretched out across the entire line. Mm-hmm. Um, failing to brace for impact. I kind of like had those words like collected. So they literally hit into like run into each other and then just completely like shatter after that. Um, I just love doing that. I feel like it really helps you read it and, you know, visualize it. Even if you're looking at it on a paper, you know, it just builds the scene. Yeah. I think it adds a lot of great depth to this piece in particular because I feel like you're going through so many, like, it's almost like waves of different emotions when you're having these thoughts and experiencing these things Mm -hmm. that the, like, different things that you're experiencing, like, they come in different ways. Mm -hmm. And so it being shown through different structural elements really pushes that. Yeah. I also love how this is about being noticed and you did certain things for you to notice certain words. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or like stand out. Even, I like that. Yeah. I'm gonna use that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, even even when you think about like comparing it, like instead of just having it in a traditional font, so that more people would look at it because it's on a page differently, right? Than like a traditional stanza to poetry. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I also had a question for you, Miriam, because this is about thinking of doing something to gain attention. But do you ever, or have you, do you feel like you've acted on that before, or feel like you've done something? to try to gain your family's attention or gain a friend's attention? Um, I think most of it is just, like, subtle things because I feel like mm-hmm. I am too scared to act on certain things mm-hmm. and actually, like, you know, do something that'll try to get them to notice because I feel like they won't see it the same way that, like, I'm trying. I want them to see it. Um, they'll just see it as me acting out. So I'd. it's more essentially, like, shifts in, like, my attitude or trying to show that like you know you're upset about something but even then they won't take it seriously like even if you try to explain it they kind of shut you down after that they're like okay i see that you're going through that yeah it's but almost like you're, it. it's almost like you're testing them like i, I feel like right. i do that with my family a lot like yeah. how far do i have to go like what is yeah. the breaking point mm-hmm that they realize that something's off doesn't have to be specifically like i'm sad or whatever like where is the line? Yeah, and I think the concept of intrusive thoughts is that you can't really like control it. So you don't want to have to think that this is the only way, mm-hmm. but like it just keeps showing up in your mind. Like, yeah, this is it. And I think that's just the worst part of it because you never, you wouldn't, it suck that if you actually acted on those thoughts, you know? Yeah, yeah. And two of the lines that, stood out to me the most, I feel like, and we kind of had discussed, the absorbed by roots, infected leaves wilting. I, I love that line because it's almost to me like you said this, the screens were absorbed by the roots and which made the leaves wilt. It's almost like if somebody else was going through what you were going through, they would they would wilt in a way. Yeah, they'd like feel your pain. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I really, I really like that one. I really like the... Um the, the not a voice in my head, but rather a series of silent movies because mm-hmm. I feel like I relate to that a lot because sometimes the like sort of like the the kind of quiet calmness that you get from these types of things is sometimes scarier than if it was like 
loud in a way, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I get that. Especially, I also like the, um, I kind of use that to show that it's not like a voice in your head telling you to do something. Mm -hmm. It's just these things that are happening. And if you choose to like do them, it's you acting on it. It's not like a voice mm -hmm. in your head that's like, like pushing you to do this. It becomes background noise. And that's really scary. Like to put it in a lighthearted way, sometimes I get intrusive thoughts like, hey, I could stand up right now and like pull my pants down. Like I could, mm -hmm. nothing's stopping me. But that's like, it just came into my brain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, it's just, it's scary when these things just become like a rolling co constant hap happening in mm -hmm. your mind. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you very much, Miriam, for reading your piece. My you pleasure. did amazing. That was great. <laughs> and moving on to Caitlin. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, so this piece is called Paper Girl. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I call myself a paper girl, born crisp and clean, with straight edges that fit perfectly in a stack of others, lines that are perfectly untouched, open for any and every imaginable thought. But all it took was one mess up, to crush the veil of innocence into a little ball, make me wrinkled and torn, tossed into the corner. Every last ounce of free space used and marked over, never to be back to its original form. Because even if I were to be unwrinkled, my edges were now interfered with swirly reminders from my past. More frail than before, I was no longer crisp and flat. I was made into my own shape. Filled with creases and indents, I no longer sat in a perfect stat. But I made my own space. I was flexible now and had room to be myself. Yes, ma'am. I don't think my snaps are <gasps> <laughs> snapping in parentheses. <laughs> yeah, but I, I do love this piece. And I love that, like, there's so many lines that, like, I want to talk to you about. There's, like, so much I want to, like, like, dig into. But for me, well, first, I really want to talk about, like, how you talked about all it took was one mess up. Because I feel yeah. like all it takes is, like, one thing, one person's opinion on you or one person... Saying one, one bad thing. Bottle to, I was just yeah. about to say it's a similar thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I don't think it's much as like, I feel like this is almost more the build up towards like the Gatorade bottle spilling on the mm. floor, yeah. you know, because it's almost like, I, 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 I actually was, I don't want to say I was like actually crumbling up a paper ball when I was saying, like coming up with this stuff, but it was kind of one of those moments where it's like you see in movies where the people are like, so angry that they can't find the right lines that they're like crushing all the, like they're just like rewriting all this stuff over mm -hmm. and over again. And that's kind of how I saw it as like, I feel like I've tried so hard to do so many different things or attempt at pleasing so many different people that every single time I don't fully like execute like a good thing in life. I'm like hurt a little bit. And I feel like that I represented that through like a piece of paper as a person, because I feel like I, I really liked the metaphor of being able to like, you know, a paper will never be a hundred percent back to its original form once it's crushed. Mm -hmm. And I feel like using that in this sense, it really like resonated to me and like just different things that I've gone through over the time. Yeah. And I love how it's just like the swirly reminders of my past because I love, and I also like that you like want to be reminded of that in a way. Like you're taking these bad things that happened and understanding that you become a better person out of it. And yeah, yeah. 
I, I mean, I think that this thought really started in a more negative sense. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of took it and drove it into a different side of being more positive. Just because I do think that it is good to take things that you've experienced along with you. I think it can actually help you a lot of the times. For sure. No matter what. I mean, you're talking about any type of experience can help you or hurt you. And so I feel like that's a really good thing. I'm glad I took it in that direction and went that way. Yeah. And do you feel like, well, I know you said there wasn't a specific backstory, but do you feel like there was a moment where you did feel like something happened, you were crumpled, and you found yourself new or made into your new shape or made into your own shape as you wrote about it in the poem? I think a lot of my writings right now have been very reflective based off of some changes that I went over during the pandemic. Mm. I think I, I think I almost became a new person when I came back from like being at home that entire time and then coming back in, in person for senior year. I feel like that kind of, this is like kind of that story or at least the beginning of it because it's more or less like me becoming a new person after all the different things we had to go through uh, of being at home. And oh. so I think that this is just kind of an overarching, it covers just a lot of just different things. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've experienced little things that kind of tied into it, but also mainly the big, big one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really like the line, um, open for any and every imaginable thought. Right when I heard that, I just imagined how people can have like a concept of you and they can like twist that up in their mind and you have no control over that. And I, I just feel like that just spoke so many words to me. Well, and I think also like I was trying to draw on the whole idea that like, to somebody else, you could be viewed as just a very crisp piece of paper. Mm -hmm. But in reality, when you get to know them more, you learn, like, all the different things about them that could be, like, representing the different creases and indents that are within the paper. And so I kind of was drawing on that, on how, like, anytime you first meet somebody, it's almost like a fresh start, a clean sheet. And that's kind of how that I tried to write that in. Oh, I love that. Because when I heard born, I thought, like, you know, you're born with a clean slate. Yeah. But you meant like you're kind of born to each and every person you meet. Yeah. Cause, yeah, yeah, I feel like it's kind of a redo every time you meet somebody yeah. new. Oh, I love that. Uh, yeah, that's really interesting. I Because I had thought about it that like you meet the wrong person and they see you as this mm -hmm. piece of paper that they can do what they want with. Oh, I love they that. They want to warp you into what whatever role mm. they want you to take in their life. Yeah. Know? That's that's how I kind of thought of it. No, I really like that perspective, actually, mm. because I feel like that's a very true perspective. And I think a lot of people will try and do that. like, Or they'll see you as something that's so, like, crisp that they can literally do whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, they can just change you no matter what. Yeah, able to be manipulated or... Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> 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 I do like that you did go for the kind of, like, brighter side of it um and how you can't just let this experience change you and define you um especially like how we just said each person has their own paper of you i guess mm -hmm. um so you can't just let that one torn up piece of paper that's all ruined um you can't just let that define you as a whole um which i really like well and yeah. it's kind of like i feel like i've looked at it in a way of i don't want you know, when I'm meeting new people, I don't want them to see 
that crumbled upside right away. You know, you want to present them. Like, I don't want to be hurt when I meet them. I want to give them, like, the effort and the energy like I would any, like, beginning relationship, whether it's a friendship, relationship, et cetera. Like, I don't want to give them the crumbled upside yeah. yet, you know? Yeah. You want to give them, like, that fresh side, that yeah. clean side. I think that's it's not tampered with. I think it's very easy, like, at least with poetry, to, like, talk about these types of things and let them be, like, oh yeah, this happened, but it's not, this is separate. Like I'm, I'm removing this from me. But I think a skill that you used in this poem that is important for people to use sometimes is that to acknowledge that, yes, these unfortunate things are, they're not great. You don't want to think about them, but like, yeah, this is part of me, but it's not all of me. Yeah. I think that's very important. And I like that you did that in this, that like, this is bad. I acknowledge it's bad but it's still me and it's who I, it's part of who I am. Yeah. I'm bouncing off of that. The last two lines, I was flexible now, had room to be myself. Cause when you start as like just a flat clean sheet of piece of paper, you're just, you don't have much room to grow or to change. But once you've like gone through something, you can kind of almost find yourself in that and like find who you want to be and morph yourself into like the person that you want to be. And I love that you ended with that. Well, and I also think it's good because you can morph yourself to be, with other people that almost like morph into you too, if that makes sense, kind of like playing into the metaphor. When you're like born, everybody's born and then starts off like clean slated. And now like you've become your own person and you can put yourself around other people that are like similar to that or that you get along with and therefore are similar to you. Yeah. I also love the idea from earlier, like the fact that there are a whole bunch of different papers or like copies of you that each and every person you meet holds mm -hmm. like I, I didn't I hadn't really thought of that before like hearing Gay's perspective and reading your piece that like really everybody sees you differently mm -hmm. yeah. well thank you guys all for sharing you guys read amazing pieces today what uh, the amount of like just talent in this program like the fact that I can just look at you and like be like I want to read some good poetry today and just like read a good <laughs> poem. Like I've, I've always talked about this, but like I'll pick up a book and Barnes and Noble and be like, no, like Miriam's Miriam's poetry better is better. <laughs> I don't I have to pay for this. I know I'm going to have to buy every single book in this room. Because when, when we start saving up. I know. I really it's like have $7 to here, $10 there. It's like, ugh. Yeah. But once again, thank you all for coming on today. And thank, thank you, you for all for listening. First, yes. first. I hope you enjoyed. See you all next time. Ha <laughs> ha